A blessed and good morning to all of you. As Father mentioned, my name is Deacon Michael Nevin, and I have been appointed by the Archbishop to serve here uh, to the beautiful people and parish of St. John the Baptist. A little bit about something uh, about me, uh, and there'll be more, I guess, written in next week's bulletin. But I was ordained in 2010, and I'm married. Uh, my wife Karen and I live in St. Michael on the northwest corner of the Twin, Twin Cities. We've got two adult sons uh, that live in St. Michael, and I've served at four different parishes. I've served at Mary Queen of Peace in Rogers, which was my first assignment. Then I was uh, transferred to Saints Peter and Paul in Loretto and St. Thomas the Apostle in Corcoran. Did a little assignment out in Delano at St. Maximilian Kolbe, and I've, uh, I'm coming from Holy Family, the Church of the Holy Family in St. Louis Park. I'm very grateful to be with you. I work just down the road in Minnetonka in the Glen Lakes area at the Glen Catholic Senior Community, where I'm a full-time chaplain for that community, um, primarily deal dealing with the elderly and the aged and uh, the dying. So it's, it's really beautiful work, and that's what I do on a full-time basis. But I'll be here on weekends and during the week sometimes, too. Like I said, I'm grateful to be with you. Uh, I was here six weeks ago, and I preached at all the masses, and I was really grateful, actually, that I wasn't run out of town, um, that, it, that you all didn't run me out of Excelsior with pitchforks and torches, um, so I'm back on a more permanent basis. Um, that would have been a very good lesson if you would have run me out of town after my first preaching here uh, in humility. And that's kind of the topic, at least with a couple of our readings today. And I want to talk about humility, um, but I appreciate the kindness that you've shown me since I've been here. Our Lord... We had it in our little antiphon for our Alleluia today. But our Lord spoke clearly in the Gospel of Matthew about his own humility and how we should learn from it. He says, Matthew 11, Come to me, all you who are labored and heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. I am meek and humble of heart. Our Lord is emphasizing this idea that he should be learned from. He speaks to us in sacred scripture, obviously, but he speaks to us in his own being, in his own person, in his actions. And he calls us to learn about humility. This important virtue that we must have in order to be the saints that we're called to be. Our Lord knows our own weaknesses. Our Lord knows our fallenness. He knows our imperfections. And we have it here in this gospel today from the gospel of Luke, where he's there at a home of an important Pharisee, a teacher of the law. He's been invited to sit at table. And 
it says in the gospel a curious thing. The people were observing him. They wanted to see him, see what he did, see what he spoke. So he's there, they're watching him, but what they probably don't understand is our Lord is an expert at human nature, and he is watching them. He's not only watching them, but he's reading their hearts. He's seeing what's going on with them while they're gathering around this table in this important banquet. He sees their pride. It says that, that they were trying to find the best places at table. They were trying to sit at the head table, basically. They feel important about themselves, and they have pride welling up, and he calls them out on it, and he gives a parable, and he tells them to choose the lesser place so that you can be brought forward to a better place. Choose the lesser place. I want to speak a little bit about humility, primarily, and it's a battle. A lot of us are wounded by pride. That's for me, too. Probably my, my deepest wound that I have is pride. Many of us have it and know it. Some of us don't know it. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I had an experience that was similar to this gospel passage about being invited to a banquet that kind of affected me and my own struggle and pride. A few years back, there was a cardinal coming in from Rome. And I had served the cardinal a time before and emceed one of his masses, so I, I knew him a little bit. But I was invited to come to a mass that he was coming in from Rome to say. And there would be a luncheon after the Mass. So I went to the Mass, and it was a great, prayerful, beautiful experience of, um, of him saying a traditional Latin Mass with all the regalia of the church for a cardinal, and very prayerful, beautiful Mass. So I went to the luncheon afterwards. We went downstairs, and there were all the tables set up with little placards with the names on them of who was to sit uh, near everyone. So I didn't know where I was supposed to sit, but I could feel my heart well up with pride. I was really deep down hoping I could sit at the head table with the cardinal. So I went up, kind of quietly went up to the head table, started looking at the names, and realized when the hostess caught me checking out the names, she busted me and said, oh, deacon, you're sitting back there. And I remember how hurt I was just for that moment, how sad I was, because that pride had welled up in me, and I wanted to sit with the important people. So I sat down at the table to where I was assigned, and then I started to laugh at myself, knowing that I'm just a lowly deacon, just a lowly nobody, that a great cardinal comes in from Rome and he's got dignitaries there. I didn't deserve to sit at the head table with the cardinal. I wouldn't even know what to say to him anyway because we have little in common. But this is a good lesson for me, a good lesson in humility, to know my own place. This was an encounter with truth. 
Because the truth is, he's a great cardinal, I'm just a lowly deacon. That's an encounter with truth, which is an encounter with God. When we know the truth, which is a person, the way, the truth, and the life, it's an encounter with the Lord. When we start to see who we are in reality, and that's humility. We learn it, this battle against pride, at an early age. I can think of my days back in grade school, and my kids, when they were in grade school, how they would divide up the kids, and they would have teams play for fiat or recess, and the kids would be selected. Probably some of you have not been selected until the end. That happened to me, too. And it leaves a wound. It hurts us when we're not chosen to join in sports teams, join in other things. These things happen at work even, where we work hard and the boss doesn't recognize us. We should get a promotion and we don't, or get a pat on the back, or even in the home where our spouses don't support each other for the hard work that the other does. This hurts us and leaves marks on our heart that we need healing from. This is the battle of pride, the vice of pride. It's a sin. It's a sin to dwell on it and think we're more than what we really are. We need to have this encounter with truth. Maybe when it's in grade school, when we're not selected to play a sport right away as the first person chosen, perhaps there's a realization there that we should have an encounter with truth. Perhaps we're just not very good at it. That's a hard lesson. Sometimes it's a humiliation, but it's, a, it's reality. It's meeting the truth. So what is this evil that is pride? I'll give you a description here from the catechism. Pride is described as one of the seven deadly sins. It's an undue, undue self-esteem or self-love which seeks attention and honor, sets ourselves in competition with God. We read that back. It's one of the seven deadly sins that is undue self-esteem or self-love which seeks attention and honor, sets ourselves in competition with God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in competition with God. But when we dwell on pride, thinking of ourselves more or less than we really are in the eyes of God, that's what we're doing. And it should be confessed. I don't know if you've ever gone to confession, if you struggle, struggle with pride, if you've ever brought that to the confessor. Confessing pride. I, I just don't think it's a very commonly um, confessed sin. Let's talk about the virtue, though. The opposite of pride. The virtue of humility. St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor, says, Humility is the means of seeing ourselves as God sees us, knowing every good we have comes from God. Humility is the means of seeing ourselves as God sees us, knowing every good we have comes from God. Humility is the foundation of all the virtues because it 
regulates our self-esteem so that we think of ourselves as no greater or no lesser than we really are in the eyes of God. It's the foundation. Humility is the foundation of prayer. When we realize that we're not God, that we need him, we develop that relationship, speaking to him, growing close to him, relying on him as the source of all that is good. That's prayer. And it's got to be founded on humility, as are all the virtues. So how should we see ourselves as God sees us? The church for many years now, almost to a fault, has been telling us that God loves us. We've heard it over and over and over, but have you really ever thought about your dignity as a baptized Christian and how much God really loves you? God loves you more than you can imagine, more than I can tell you, all the love that maybe we've received from spouses, from our friends, pale in comparison to the love that God has for each and every one of the baptized. You have dignity. You have a calling. You're called to be saints. You're called to be with God here in this life, but more importantly, in the next life. And God wills that for each of us and wants that so badly for each of us because he loves us without measure. And he sent his son to save us. But yet, God wants us also to change. God wants us to change, to set aside all these vices that distract us and pull us away from living the vocations that we're called to be. This is the struggle in a life of holiness. To know that God loves us and know that we have more dignity than to sin. That as a beloved daughter or son of the Most High, that is our true calling. To set aside pride in this instance, embrace humility, and to love God. So today we ask for this virtue. May we respond to this great call of holiness. It's a great call to be armed with the virtue of humility so that we may not think less of ourselves, but think of ourselves less.